Hello and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. As always, I'm your host, Ian McLaren. Today is Monday, January 6th, and uh, today on the podcast, we will be talking to Court Lalonde of Bruins Diehards. I'll introduce him in a moment, uh, but before we do that, uh, we'll just briefly talk about the Bruins' 4-1 loss to the Edmonton Oilers on Saturday, wah wah. And, um, yeah, just also briefly mention the results from the World Junior Championships that occurred here on Sunday. First, I'd like to let you know that you can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can also find me at ENC McLaren. Subscribe to Locked On Boston Bruins wherever you get your podcasts. And please also, uh, yeah, download, listen, rate and review. Tell your friends, tell a stranger tell your dentist about the podcast. It would be greatly appreciated. As I mentioned, the Bruins did lose on Saturday to the Edmonton Oilers to continue this uh, run of, uh, what would you call it, lack of success, I guess. Dating back to December, um, they are yeah really struggling after getting off to a, a pretty hot start to the season. They were up one nothing on a first-period power play goal by David Pasternak, his 31st goal of the season. But from there, it was all Oilers, uh, kind of spearheaded by um, a pretty gruesome turnover by Jake DeBrusque that led to a goal by, uh, quite honestly, a guy I'd never heard of before Saturday, Garrett Haas. Um, DeBrusque Haas to be better, you might say. Um... David Krejci, I think, said it best when he said the season's long. We knew we were going to through some rough patches at some point this year. It seems, seems like we're there right now, so we've got to keep working at practices. Just go back to little details. Believe in each other. We know we have a good team, yada, yada. Um, Cassidy did mix up the lines a little bit. Um, called out specifically uh, Krejci and DeBrusque saying, you know, they need a bit more attack out of them, uh, just need them to click a bit more. It's something that Court and I get into a little bit here in our chat. Um, the offense just isn't really clicking lately. They only have 10 goals in their last five games. Um, since winning the first two games in December against Montreal and Carolina, uh, the Bruins have gone on quite a stretch of futility here. They've won four games, uh, lost five in regulation, and then another six in overtime or the shootout. So four, five, and six since uh, December uh, 3rd, I guess, or since, yeah, losing the first game there against Chicago. Their only wins have come against Florida, Washington, and then a home-and-home against Buffalo, after which they've lost three straight. Uh, A chance to turn it around here coming up, beginning Tuesday against Nashville, then they go... Uh, back home to play the Winnipeg Jets, and then they do a bit of a Metro Division tour, playing the Islanders, Flyers, uh, Blue Jackets, a home-and-home with the Penguins, uh, and then another home game against Vegas before 10 days off leading into their bye week as well as uh, the All-Star break. So a chance to turn it around here, but uh, for the time being, the Bruins are really struggling. And, 
yeah, hopefully they can turn things around uh, quickly here. Um, their good start did earn some accolades for head coach Bruce Cassidy, who will be coaching the Atlantic Division team at the 2020 All-Star Game. Uh, remains to be seen if the Bruins will be in first still at that point, but uh, at the time of the coaches were named, uh, the Bruins were in first here. Cassidy will join Todd Reardon from the Capitals, Craig Berube from the Blues, and Gerard Gallant from the Golden Knights as the all-star head coaches. So pretty cool uh, that Cassidy will be behind the bench for that. I mentioned the World Juniors is over as well. Canada uh, had a quite a comeback against Russia here on Sunday to win gold or whatever they're calling it, first place. Uh, they were aided by TSN cameras in a bit of a uh, bad bounce for Russia. Uh, but uh, I guess congratulations to Canada for those uh, who uh, still cared after Canada was knocked out. Uh, but yeah, great to see Canada uh, for those of us up here north of the border. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it for... Uh, kicking off the show, as I mentioned, uh, Court Lalonde is coming up. Uh, if you don't know Court, then um, yeah, please follow him on Twitter at Court Lalonde. You can find his stuff at Bruins Diehards. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat. And uh, yeah, enjoy this conversation. We'll catch you again tomorrow. Thanks, friends. I'm joined now by Court Lalonde. Uh, a fellow Bruins fan up here in Ontario. He's a managing partner of Bruins Diehards, uh, part of their podcast and content as well. Uh, thanks for taking some time to chat today, Cord. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, enjoying the non-snow weather for some reason. Yeah, it was snowing actually here a little bit this morning, but uh, it seems to be like it'll snow, then it'll melt, then it'll snow again and melt. We have had a pretty easy winter so far. So that's been pretty nice. Yes. It's uh, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, I like to start talking just about how um, you got into, into the Bruins, into, into hockey writing, covering this team. What, uh, what was kind of your journey into becoming a, a Bruins diehard? Well, um, my first time ever skating was on Boston gardens when I was two oh, wow. and a half years old. Um, and uh, I have a, my dad played for the Bruins back then. Right. Uh, I even have a Boston Bruins cookbook uh, that my dad got when all the mothers put together, all the wives, sorry, I guess <laughs> all the mothers, all the wives put together. And it shows a picture of Dwight Foster taking a cupcake and rubbing it in my face. And that's the very <laughs> no first time I was ever on the ice. So when we moved to Canada after my dad retired um, for, I think it was my, eighth birthday which is kind of funny because i was a huge cam neely fan and and bork my dad got me one of those starter jackets the boston oh, yeah. Bruin one with the pockets in the front and ever since then i was i've only worn the black and gold so it's i guess Very i guess nice. you could say i was born into it and then um, yeah my, yeah that my, makes total sense yeah my daughter was born a couple years ago and i was got introduced to Twitter and one thing led to another and I'm on podcasts and uh, writing blogs. Very cool. Those starter jackets, for some reason I had a, a Chicago Bulls one, which is weird because I'm not a, I guess it might even been before the Raptors, but I'm not a huge Chicago Bulls guy, but I guess that was just uh, in back then, Michael Jordan and all that. But yeah, you come obviously 
to the black and gold, uh, pretty honestly, and, and by blood, I guess. And um, what do you have any other memories from kind of growing up in that yeah. uh, in that context? Yeah, I went to one of my very first games at Maple Leaf Gardens was um, first one was against the Oilers. I got to see Gretzky, but my second game, we went to uh, a Boston game and we were sitting pretty much right beside the penalty box and Ray Bork got a penalty. And I, you know, I'm, as a young kid, you just don't grasp that your father played professional hockey. You don't grasp that he knows and so on and so forth. And Bork looks over and starts talking to my dad when he's in the box, because I don't know if anybody remembers the old Maple Leaf Gardens the seats were beside the penalty box. So if you were in the box, you could talk to the person in the box. Right, right, right. Um, so my dad starts talking to Bork and then Bork finally gets back out, steps right on the ice and puts a stick down. I think it was Tom Kerber's. I can't remember. Trips over the stick and goes right back into the bench. He sits down <laughs> and just turns, my, turns to my dad. He goes, I missed you, Bobby. I'm sorry. And then they ah. keep chatting it up. And I'm just, eh, that's old school hockey. So like, that's hilarious. Know. That's that's one of my my very first Boston Bruins memories because I'll be honest I don't remember ever skating on Boston Garden and so on and so forth. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, that's like that version of the team like Bork, Neely, Oates. Uh, the, that was the the version of the Bruins that that got me into into this team as well. And um, obviously, it's been a quite a journey for this franchise since then a lot of downs uh, a lot of ups over the past decade or so and uh the first game of 2020 or the first couple games haven't really i know they've only played once the new jersey game was on new year's eve then they played the oilers um on saturday uh not at all what any of us were hoping uh to see uh were you able to watch the whole game and kind of what were your thoughts on boston's effort against edmonton uh, on Saturday. Yeah, as a Canadian, I'm sure you were doing the same. We were, we were going back and forth between two different hockey games that day, but I, I was able to watch the Bruins game. I didn't miss a goal. Yeah. I honestly thought they came out strong. It, it's it's weird to say. They they started they started buzzing. I was like, oh, we're going to get a different game. Um, you know, Drysaddle makes that elbow on crew, get the power play, pass mm-hmm. the next scores on the power play. I'm like, wow, we're rolling. First goal. And then I thought in the back of my head, unfortunately, I was like, they've been scoring the first goal the last couple of games and it hasn't really mattered yeah. because they just fold. Um, Jake DeBrus gives the the giveaway beyond giveaways. Brutal. And to be totally honest, I thought that was Halak's very, probably his worst game of the year. I thought he made a couple nice saves, but he didn't play that well. I don't think no. the goaltending on either, either goaltender has played all too great in the last 14 games. It's been a little weird, but Halak didn't look like himself. Even though Jake DeBrus gave that gaff away, I still thought he could have made that save. It was a little weird between the. It just just seemed like a lot of soft goals. Never yeah. say that about Halak. We always say that about Tuca, just because the way he plays. But I thought Halak had a terrible game. But that's he's not the reason they lost this hockey game. But no, as soon as that DeBrus goal, I because it's got it's his goal. As soon as he gives that giveaway, the team got deflated, and it seems they just can't come back. The old Boston Bruins just always come back, and this team just uh-huh. gets just knocked down. Maybe it's their sick. Supposedly, um, Butch said after the game, they've been sick for a couple weeks now. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. So maybe it's that. Yeah, it like, they, just, they just look like they can't do anything out there. Uh-huh. Even earlier this season, they were making some comebacks like late in the game, and yeah, they haven't been able to do it lately. DeBrusque certainly, um, yeah, did not fare well on that play, and. Um, 
Cassidy has been calling him out recently. He got benched a few games ago, responded with a couple goals that didn't happen yesterday. Um, I've been saying for a little bit now that I think he's kind of gotten a bit too comfortable on that second line spot. Like there's not really any competition for that um, spot. In fact, they're looking to add on the right side. He's pretty locked in alongside David Krejci. Um, and maybe he's gotten a bit the mentality that he doesn't have to work for that spot as hard or, or, or whatever. But um, it really seems like Cassidy is sending him some pretty strong messages these days. Um, we'll see how he responds again in the next game. But um, what have you been seeing from DeBrusque lately, whether positive or negative or um, do you think there needs to be a change there? Maybe bump him down for a bit, put Bjork up with Krejci for a time, or or what? Uh, what can get him going? Do you think? Well, it, it's it's kind of it's kind of weird because it, as we all know, he's he's one of those guys in the dressing room that gets everybody going. He's he's one of the rah rah guys. It, it it seems that everybody loves him on this team, and I I think you hit the nail on the head there. He, he's gotten complacent, um, right? Even Butch benching him. It the announcers on Sportsnet during the game they were like, well, if you can't leave him on the ice, you know he's not going to learn from mistakes. And I and a little bit of me is like, yeah, you, you work with his father, so you're going to say stuff like that. But <laughs> right. Bruce has given him a, a a big leash. He's kind of regressed even before the playoffs last year. If you remember, mm-hmm. he, he's he's a he's a very streaky player. Uh, I yeah. wish he was streaky like a Phil Kessel, where he scores like forty goals a year. But he, he's hasn't been that good since last season. But he always uh-huh. seems to get a pass from everybody, and including the coaching staff, until now. It, so maybe it's – I'm hoping it's an eye-opener. Like That mm-hmm. gaff on that play, to put the puck yeah. even where he put it, what were you thinking you put the puck there? Like exactly. off the glass, get it out. Like it doesn't make any sense. Maybe yeah. he's playing scared, but as Bruce said after the game, he's played over 100, 180 games in this league. Yeah, you shouldn't. You should know what you're doing by now. And yeah. I just have never seen the chemistry that people have seen of Krejci and DeBrusque. I just don't see it. And yeah. I, th- I think you're right. Like Bjork has been playing well, even though I would love to see Coyle, Heinen, and Bjork, and that just be a line and then solve yeah. the right side. Yeah, me too. You know, the first time in four years. But maybe give Bjork a look with Krejci because Krejci's a puck possession guy. Bjork's playing well with, with Coyle, who's a puck possession guy. Maybe it'll work. And maybe that'll wake mm-hmm. up Jake. And put him on that third line with Heinen and Coyle and see what happens. Yeah. Speaking of that second line spot, I've been talking about that a lot in recent weeks, especially now as we get closer to the trade deadline. And obviously there's a huge need there for the Bruins. Um, I've been talking about guys like uh, Tyler Toffoli or Chris Crider's name has come up a lot recently. Uh, Elliot Friedman's been reporting. There may be some connection there if the Rangers decide to part ways with him um, are there any players around the league that you kind of have your eye on as a, a a guy that Sweeney should target prior to the deadline my all-in player is Kyle Palmieri okay. I don't know if he's available but he's my all-in I think he like just the style he plays and how once again puck possession guy with speed I think he's perfect for Krejci. Like last game, I watched more than on one occasion, Krejci did it all by himself, entered Uh the zone, and had nowhere to dish the puck off to. And if I'm Krejci, I'm frustrated. Yeah. He really hasn't had one. Like he 
He had a little bit of chemistry with Louis Erickson back in the day, but I haven't seen anybody since Nathan Horton that has the chemistry that those two had. Yeah. And if I'm Krejci, I'm a little frustrated because it's been like three or four years. But yeah, yeah. I, I do feel with this aging core that it's the all-in year. There's no excuses for Sweeney anymore. And I, and I really do think Bruce throwing different line combinations out there and, you know, because all he's got to work with is bottom six guys to play on that right side. Yeah. He's just, he's, he's throwing up a flare saying, please help me. Yeah. Because it, if they have a guy in that position last year in the playoffs, I think they would have went farther. For sure. I'm hoping at least before, I guess Boston's next game is Tuesday in Nashville. I'm hoping at the very least they're, like you said, bring somebody in to at least keep up with Krejci. So whether it's uh, Zach Senishin gets a recall or if Carson Kuhlman's able to go after a couple of games down in Providence, just bring one of those kids up and put them on that right side just to give some sort of energy boost or send a signal that nobody's spot is really all that secure in the lineup apart from the top line and Krejci, Coyle probably, Bjork is, is pretty settled, but, um, you know, Heinen's was scratched lately. Um, just bring somebody up to give that boost of energy for, for this road game coming up, um, I think is at the very least what is, uh, is required here. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think that's even not a what... bad idea? The Senish and Bjork, uh, Krejci line that gives yeah. Krejci speed on both sides of the ice. Mm-hmm. It also gives him a guy like Bjork who's good in the corners, good, pos- uh, good on puck possession and actually can get a shot off. He's no Nathan Horton. He's not going to go out there and bang bodies and, and push people around, but he he's strong on the puck. Um, Senishin can have that breaking speed and then it'll wake up the other guys. And then you have, cause I do think Heinen isn't a top six, but he's the perfect mm-hmm. third line winger. If that makes yep. any sense. He's like perfect. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Nowhere else. Just keep him on there. And then maybe wake Jake up by putting him on that third line. And it's not like he's getting to play with garbage players. If he's on a line with Coyle and Heinen, he's still getting yeah, good exactly. luck. And he's, he's still getting mm-hmm. chances. But at least give Krejci something. It can't hurt yep. you for one one or two games to take a look. You still got that six-point cushion right now. And it it is getting smaller. But you got to try something yeah. at this point. There you go. We solved it. Hopefully Bruce is listening and, and takes that into, <laughs> into consideration. Uh, Maybe you mentioned the six point lead. Message. Yeah. Right. You mentioned the, uh, their lead in the Atlantic. It's, it's pretty uh, narrow at this point. It, it was in the double digits uh, Toronto, as we up here are reminded every day, they're, they're pretty hot right now. Uh, I think the hottest team in the league, they're 15, four and one or something under Sheldon Keefe. Uh, the Lightning are making a bit of a run now, and they have some games in hand on on both those teams. Um, how do you foresee the Atlantic shaking out? Do you think Boston can hold on to that top spot and we get an all-blue first-round matchup, or are we destined to – I don't know. At this point, it seems like Toronto could end up being the top team and we might see Boston-Tampa in the first round, or it's a lot – it's way too early to say. I'm not a huge fan of the – if the playoffs started today, but how do you, how do you see that shaking out as, as we go through the rest of the season? If Boston continues to regress like they have been, because that's what they've been doing over the last 14, 15 games, then yeah, Boston plays Tampa in the first round and Toronto takes the division because Toronto is just like, they just won three of the last five. Um, Their backup goaltending is finally 
you know, winning hockey games. Yeah. Um, you know, the fan base is not trying to say that it's because he's not playing and that he's playing against the uh, on the back-to-back nights. Toronto looks good out there as much as I hate to say yeah. it. So Boston could end up playing Tampa in the first round. And I don't like that matchup at all. Yeah. I don't like Boston Especially, against Tampa ever. Yeah. Tampa will obviously be looking to erase that last year's embarrassment that Boston benefited from being able to play Columbus in the second round. And yeah, I don't, I don't like that matchup at all. So yeah, I think Boston's best, best hope here is to, to just try to hold on to that top spot. But like you said, I think Toronto, the way they're going right now, it doesn't look like they're going to slow down at all and out, outgun the opposition. And I could really see them finishing first ahead of Boston, despite Boston's strong start. Yeah, if if the Bruins can turn it around, which we know as Bruins fans, they definitely can. They have the pieces. But yeah. if you're continuing throwing out the Nordstroms, the Re- the Richies, and the yeah, it's just these bottom six guys up in your top six. It, you just can't. Like Toronto's yeah. top six is one of the most lethal in the league. Yes, their defense yeah. is non-existent. They have a pairing of Morgan Riley and Tyson Berry that <laughs> is like an offensive player's dream. But they literally are outscoring teams to win hockey games. Yeah, yeah. And it's sure. fun to watch. Boston Bruin hockey right now, you know, the six-shot no. first period stuff, that's got to stop. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's really it's, tough. It's boring to watch. They're just not shooting. They're trying to make these pretty plays all the time. Like last game, Pasta has it, and then he tries to throw it over to the side. I'm just like, come on. Yeah. Just, just shoot the puck. I know. I guess they do. I was looking at the schedule this morning. They do have with the all-star break and their bye week they have like, I think like a 10 day break coming up. So hopefully that will get some guys healthy and rested. They do look to be dragging a bit after a strong start and, and the long run. So hopefully that break will do them some good. And as they get into February, things start to trend upwards. I think, you know, they're still, I think they're second overall now tied with, st louis so it's tough to get two down on on this team but the underlying numbers aren't super encouraging and i think you're right this team could take uh some steps back if if they don't turn it around quickly but um yeah, yeah the regression is alarming um sean yeah, Paris for sure Crowder just wrote a great article about it and he gets mm, into yeah. the to the mathy of it as he puts in his article and you read it and you you walk away and you just want as a Bruins fan go hide in the corner. You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> these are alarming numbers. Yeah. Is there any uh, any other hot takes that you want to throw out there? Any other big ideas you had to improve the roster? Or you think there's uh, right just some minor changes? A right shot yeah. defenseman. As much as everybody okay, doesn't, yeah. I don't think Cliffy. I I think he's great, but yeah. it doesn't look like Kevin Miller's ever going to be a hundred percent, regardless this season. I do think they need another right shot defenseman. You're, yeah. Yeah. That you're not winning a Stanley cup with this, even though the defense is one of the best in the league. I think they need another guy, maybe a, yeah. a veteran presence that can log you 20 minutes, but also uh bang some bodies would be perfect, but they yeah. need someone on that yeah. right side. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, before I let you go, I'd like to also ask people kind of what they're currently into like pop culture wise. Uh, do you have any movie or TV show recommendations, something that you've been binge watching over the holidays or saw recently in theater that people should check out if they haven't already? Well, you're talking to a father of a three-year-old who actually <laughs> yeah. just watched Endgame for the first time the other night. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how much uh, 
I mean, I, I listen to a lot of music. Um, I'm okay, a big, yeah. fan of the, big fan of the band, The Hold Steady, but um, which probably not a lot of people know. Uh, or Titus Andronicus, like them a lot too. Yeah. But uh, I, I have, I just finished watching Ray Donovan. But that, oh, yeah, once okay. again, I'm catching up on things. Jack Ryan was really good. Um, yeah, I haven't actually, I've been meaning to check that out, but I haven't gotten around to it. It's, it's worth, oh, worth Jack checking Ryan's out, amazing. you think? Yeah, yeah, Jack Ryan's amazing. I watched Marriage Story last night with my wife. And, okay. Uh, it made me feel good about my marriage. That, that's what I'll tell you. Yeah, my wife watched it alone. I, I, I was doing something else and I just wasn't up for, it just seemed a bit too depressing. Uh, what It's literally start to finish. Like it literally ends with one of their main characters crying. And then, him, and yeah, then, no then something nice happens after. But still, it's it's literally the ending of the movie. It's someone crying. You're like, well, maybe wow. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to check out Jack Ryan. I think you've yeah, it's unbelievable. Me. There's a good actually. There's cool. a good as much as I don't watch commercials. There's a good Amazon commercial where they show the the father watching it, and then he starts working oh, it yeah. out, and it, it's it's actually very good. Oh, very cool. All right, well, man, thanks so much for taking some time to chat, and uh, it's good to connect with a fellow. Bruins fan up here in in the great white north and uh hopefully we can chat again soon as the season goes on and as we get closer into the the playoff push yeah thanks for where having can, me uh, yeah no problem where can people find you on twitter and where can they find your your uh the stuff that you're doing on the bruins well on twitter you can find me at court at court Lalonde. um and then if you want to look for us at uh, bruins diehards it's uh bruinsdiehards.com Perfect. And then yeah. you can find Great our stuff podcast on, uh, you know, iTunes, Spotify, any of the major podcatchers. Uh, it's just Bruins Diehards. And Pretty we also cool. have a, well, another yeah. one with oh, a weekend wrap with uh, Chris Mancuso, which is on YouTube, right, yeah. on, our, on our Bruins Diehards YouTube channel. And he's been doing some live stuff on Twitter as well, I think, after yeah. our games. Yeah, cool. doing a good Very job. Cool. Very cool. Well, yeah, thanks so much for taking some time. And, and like I said, we'll, we'll be sure to connect again as the season goes on.